Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. We're just going to get going. We're going to fire into this, right? We've got about 800 rugby games to try and talk about in yeah. some level of mild, not depth, but like somewhere akin to that sure which we've done on previous games we're probably not going to have that level here um should we start with bloody scotland romania sure that was weirdly for a game that was such a blowout or so one-sided i kind of enjoyed it, was it fun, wasn't as it? a piece of saturday night entertainment that's the thing scotland is just fun to watch I just enjoy watching them do their thing. Yeah. Ben Healy, I thought, was fantastic. Yeah. Um, but you also, you probably can't read too much into the game like this. We've talked in past about what a shame this is with Romania. This was a serious yeah. Romanian team who were very good 18 months ago, uh, even a year ago. But then things have just fallen apart and have now just become a laughingstock. And it's such a shame. Yeah. Um, you can put a lot of blame on Eugene Apjok, the coach, but I think actually it's got to go on the administration. I don't think it's blame um, on him. Yeah. I think I th- he's been given a incredibly difficult situation and not done particularly well with it. Yeah, exactly. I think... All of it should be going in the Romanian Rugby Federation. Um, we've had in the last few days, like the Mia Makave, the former captain who's just retired, uh, in his retirement speech, he was quite scathing of the union. We've mm. seen Soran Sokol, the captain for the 2007 World Cup, Legend. came out and he gave a three-hour interview in which he talked in some depth about his problems with the union, um, how they have in past tried to, when players have signed contracts overseas, try to take cuts of it. You know, they yeah. tried to get 10% of Telegon Tenyek contract in the product. That's insane. Which is ridiculous. Telegon Tenyek apparently reportedly almost walked because of his hatred of the union and all of this right before the World Cup. He's arguably their best player. Play the game in South Most Africa. Most promising player for sure. Yeah. He's the best young player. That they, he's the player they can least afford to just lose outright. Yeah. And he went. Uh, they lost Attila Septar as well, who's a French and 20s player. Played in that French and 20s team. He's class. Mac and so on. Yeah. Yeah. Really good player played in the top 14 a whole bunch um, and he walked right before the World Cup because of disagreements with the union and so on and he didn't want to be representing those people there's all sorts going on behind the scenes and I really hope they can start to sort it out yeah. because Andy Robinson was doing an incredible job of papering over the cracks there and there's a lot a lot a lot of worries that we should yeah. start to have former players and current players talking out against the administration yeah. and I wonder how long until we see players that are in this squad right now starting to do that Helicon Teniak is probably the one to keep an eye on as one of the highest profile players obviously he's down played to Romania we talked about this in past before and is a standout there who can be you know playing for other, uh will be playing pro rugby and will be one of the highest profile players and also is qualifiers of Africa and France and yeah. it's a long shot for him to play for them but he said it's possible. He's apparently planned to walk away from the national team after this game and basically wanted to stay to play against South Africa. One awful thought that is, isn't yeah. it? And Romania qualified for this World Cup as such a worthy team. Yeah. You know, it's not that like they qualified in the last spot um, and are just there to make and it the numbers. They qualified of, really worthy of being here. People are pulling out the Spain thing of Spain being disqualified so why they qualified. Yeah. They would have won the repertoire that yeah. Romania team last year. And Andrew Robinson might have stayed because it would have left a kind of feel-good feeling rather than them having a series of games to build towards the World Cup, which they lost against far more ambitious opponents than they were getting a few years yeah. earlier. I say they, they qualified as a really worthy team of being here, and I worry they might not leave as such. You yeah. know? Um, obviously, they've got Tonga coming up, 
and I just hope we have at least a similar game to Namibia Uruguay that we spoke about yeah. before, where it's we see the best version of them. We see Absolutely. what these players are capable of, even though you know, as as you say, like I'm not blaming Eugene Upshock mm. remotely for not being up to this standard or not being used to this standard, yeah. not being acclimatized to it because I think that is very much the issue here. And like their discipline has been rubbish, uh, was very very poor in the Scotland game. Yeah. You know, anyone who had money on them to get three or more yellow cards, fair play to you. But yeah, it's really disappointing. Not gr- not a great look for Romania generally. Yeah, Scotland on the other hand, a lot of fun, really entertaining game. I changed Darcy Graham I was going back and forth between him and Noangi Tanase as my triple captain and I went for Noangi Tanase for reasons I don't understand yeah, and that was up. a hell of a mistake because he yeah. was one of the most valuable any player has been at all yeah so he scored four, just the four tries just the four Darcy tries Graham. and like two assists as well I think so, and yeah. about a billion metres yeah. he was fantastic it was billed as a straight shootout between him and Carl Stain for who gets the wing spot against <laughs> Ireland. Um, and both brilliant. Like, Carl yeah. Stain had an amazing Six Nations. Like, um, didn't score a try in this game, but was really, really solid. I think defensively he's outstanding and mm. great in the air, Kyle Stain. I think he's a really seriously underrated player. But, like, you can't not pick Darcy Graham. And like, they yeah. haven't not picked Darcy Graham off the back of that because he is just box office. And um, so I watched this with our mother mm. who compared him to Dash from The Incredibles, <laughs> yes. which is an incredible comparison absolutely Um, people seem to enjoy that on twitter the other day but um yeah just so much fun to watch the tries he scored were just fantastic um you mentioned ben healy earlier i think i think we should give him a bit of spotlight here because um he kicked he kicked the conversion of 13 of scotland's 14 tries the other one was kicked by george horn for no reason (laughs) which i loved i Um, loved him just taking that to sneak that yeah so he he, he's listed as points at the end of his career rather than tries scored for scotland you know fair play to you george horn um i'm a big fan of him and you know when he came on he was a lot of fun as well you knew it wasn't going to exactly slow the pace of the game down um but yeah, Ben Healy, I think, was excellent. I think he had a bit of a shaky first 15 minutes, but like he sorted it out by kicking really well and then by attacking really well. Mm. And he did that thing we've praised Teddy Teller for and George Ford and so on. It's just that against a very waving, wavering Romanian mm. defence, he knew exactly what shape to call the whole time. Yeah. And he had no mercy for them with it. And I think if you're trying to get in the team for Finn Russell or at least get onto the bench, that is exactly what you have to do. Yeah. And I think he was excellent for that. And look, he wasn't the most challenged by Romania in D, especially in the second half when literally they were just scoring tries at will. Yeah. But I think he was brilliant. Yeah. No, and just a great lot of fun. Uh, the Scottish pack as well, I thought, looked solid, really solid. Yeah. Great um, to see Matt Ferguson back playing really well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's some been some heroic things coming out about Matt Ferguson um, and we'll see how we go. Yeah. It was good to see him back. Um, should we move on but stay in that pool okay, to okay. South Africa Tonga yes what a weird game this one was what a weird game what a weird game I was sort of half paying attention to it felt like a game that was on in the background I think a great deal mm, okay okay there will be games we will discuss today that I was half paying attention to yeah like I was wasn't watching it you know but like um, so I ordered the pizza to arrive right at the start of this game yeah. and the pizza arrived right at the start of this game right before the anthems for it timed it absolutely perfectly opened the box they sent me the wrong pizza oh no way and what did they send you they sent me a four cheese pizza which was like mostly goat cheese ah. which makes me a gag I am not a fan of goat cheese at all yeah uh, so I was sent yeah this horrible goat cheese pizza uh, and I spent a lot of the game like wondering what I do about this in the end I managed to get it refunded uh, I got the credit back on delivery so I'm not going to complain um, so c'est bon 
and whether I, you know, ordered another. It was a whole thing. It was a whole thing. That was taking as much of my attention in the first half as the rugby itself was. So I may not have the most detailed takes. But sure. South Africa, yeah, good rugby team. Yeah, I mean, they played all right, is the thing. Yeah. Like, uh, I was going to say they played very well. To be honest, I came away from that game thinking South Africa played quite poorly by their standards. Yeah. Um, they obviously, you know, came away with 49 well, points, this- you know, and a massive win. But I don't know. I people kind of will know at this point that I don't rate this Tonga team very no. highly and the fact that they were in the game at all makes you think like oh South Africa weren't really I up to much I thought this but... was Tonga's best performance by years, some distance frankly. by some distance not just of the World Cup I think this is the oh, best performance of the Toto Kefu era. I think yeah this is arguably the best performance I've had in Toto Kefu by some distance actually yeah um, I thought Tonga actually fronted physically incredibly well I thought they really saw the threat coming to them, you know, which yeah. was that Springbok pack, that huge pack that they still sent out, even though it wasn't their first choice pack. Yeah. You still had bloody, you know, Khaleesi and Etzebeth for playing. So obviously that's a statement. Yeah. Um, Tonga scrums really well. I think a guy who's kind of become a meme, he's become a, a bit of a joke, is Ben Tamathina. I was just about to bring him but up. But he has been Tonga's best player. He's been Cup. outstanding. He's been He was so good in that game. Yeah. Also, just like going to the rugby club a couple of days after that, mm. the amount of people came up to me and was like, how good is the Tonga captain, by yeah. the way? Because he was. He was exceptional. Yeah. And he played, like, what, 65-odd minutes? Which yeah. is more than he would like, usually. Yes. But, like, the amount of weight that guy carries round and carries round effectively mm. is incredible. Like, he took his try brilliantly. Yeah. Um, great finish on it, which is... It feels like faint praise when he's flopping over from one metre, but, like, that's a great finish. Yeah. That is well taken, positioning himself, managing to get between the defenders, and managing to go straight to ground, like, the way he just plops down yeah really really effective really good using his weight incredibly well like he understands his size in a way that a lot of players his size don't he's fantastic there's i can't remember who it was that was telling me about there was um the legend of some nfl player Mm. where essentially the thing about him was um if you want to make 10 meters he's exactly the guy for you if you want to make 11 meters forget (laughs) about it yeah you know ben tamafuna from three meters is absolutely lethal like if you're on the five meter line, you know you're fucked. Like, yeah. you, you think of something else, have a different plan. But if you need, have three meters to go, Ben Tamafina is the guy, and he was just brilliant. I just think he's been monumental for Tonga, and he's made this team more than they perhaps would be otherwise. Yeah, because you look at that team. I said it before the tournament, but they're set up to score consolation tries, and we saw that perfectly this day and they against did that Scotland. Very well, yeah. and Ben Tamafina made them slightly more than that. I think yes. he made them hang in the game and feel like they're in the game for longer than they would have been otherwise. Yes, um, like and Anisi's try was not. Nice, yep. you know, the nice long ball over the top. That was very nice. Um, I think uh, Tai Takalua made a good impact off the bench yeah. when he came on. Um, before we talk about Springboks, we do need to talk about yeah. Springboks. Let's just quickly talk Pat Pellegrini, Mate. the pride, pride of, of Coventry. Coventry. <laughs> so this was the thing. It was something that was talked about when the Tonga squad was named, was mm. that they'd named an uncapped Coventry fly half who'd never played at a level higher than that. At- Who was half Italian. Yeah. In their squad, and everyone was like, wait, what? Yeah. Sorry, there's an Italian from Coventry playing for Tonga. What is going on here? And it was generally a bit of a laugh. Yeah. And then he played in the PNC. You're like, brilliant, this guy plays for Tonga. You know, I remember us watching one of the PNC games back because they were like 2 a.m. kickoffs, and we watched one back in the office, like on the Monday morning. And watching it and going, like, yeah, okay, like I know Tua Sova's running over the top of someone, but it's. It's a fly half from Coventry. Yeah. Like, that's nothing. That's Who was fine. playing for Seven Oaks beforehand yeah. and then got signed up by Coventry last year, which 
absolutely reeks of Thibaut Flamont playing for Derby University's third <laughs> yeah. team or whatever it Derby was. Derby University's third team. Yeah, yeah, Derby yeah. University's third team at fullback. Uh, yeah, was, oh yeah, sorry, of course he did. How yeah. the story went. Yeah. Um, and I feel like there's always one of these at the World Cup. Yeah. There's always a story like this that is just randomly brought up constantly. And it's one of my favourite things yeah. that these happen. Hey, still he was a bricklayer three months ago. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Shit like that. I love it. I love it. Um, and Pat Pellegrini, what a try. Yeah, phenomenal. And look, you could call it a lucky bounce. I don't give a shit. That was deliberate. He knew what he was doing. And also, like, how lucky does a bounce have to be when you're uh, English second slash third division <laughs> fly half and you're playing against the fucking Springboks? How lucky does a bounce Springboks. have to be for you to both kick the ball, catch it and score yourself? How yeah. good does that kick have to be? Like, you know? like Khaleesi and Etzebeth were playing. Yeah, two exactly. Of the all- two of the all-time greats. Yeah. Yeah, precisely, precisely. And look, sure, like, Salacy Pietal's chase and it was quite nice. Blah, blah, blah. Who cares? Yeah. It's all on Pat Pellegrini. No one cares about Pietal. We should talk fly half, though. Um, there is one interesting talking point in the Springbok team. Yes. Which is, of course, Andre Pollard back yeah. in at fly half. Um, I think he looked fine. Yeah. I think he did his job. He looked like Andre Pollard. He looked like Andre Pollard. He, he didn't, didn't have to look at, like anything no, better. He didn't look like anything else he didn't look like a player that's set up to you know score 20 tries past you he looked like a player who is crucial in knockout rugby yeah exactly a player who can kick the ball really high into the air can kick his goals and randomly crash it in every now yeah, and then yeah defends exactly well exactly what Andre Pollard is yeah and here's the thing it doesn't sound that appealing but it did win a world cup yeah exactly and a lion's tour right you have you that know? interview with Razzie a few years ago where he talked about and I think I brought this up in a previous episode it might be the one that we never managed to put out but um, where he talked about he was asked you know if you could have any player in the world who would you want he said Ellis Genge and then he wouldn't bite on anyone else he suggested Finn Russell he was like no I want to win test matches I wouldn't I'd pick Andre Pollard mm. rather than you know rather than Finn Russell and his thing I would and say Finn Russell is undoubtedly a better fly half than um, but I get it Andre Pollard but I get it but I get it I, he's not what the Springboks want Springboks yeah. want Andre Pollard and they've got him and that's yeah and honestly that's why they called him up for a hooker you yeah know? after the Scotland game we were saying, oh, well, maybe you do stick with Lebok and you do try and do this with Andre Pollard as a safety blanket when he's inevitably called up. And I don't think you do. That's the thing. Now we've seen it. It's kind of like, oh, no, but they could just play Pollard for the full yeah. thing. He looked and up to speed. He yeah. looked good enough to play at this level. He, looked he was fine. fit. You know. yeah, he didn't obviously only play 50-odd minutes, but yeah. that I don't think it's too big an issue. If he can only play 50-odd minutes, that's better than him only playing 10 minutes at the end. Yeah, you and know? look, Marley Lebok can rip it up for 30 minutes. Yeah. We know that. Yeah. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. And it will be against France, most likely, who 
love to open things up in the second half. Yeah. And that might be perfect. That might fall perfectly. If they can keep it tight, if they can get a narrow lead, and then maybe Leboc works later on when France start to do the same thing. Yeah. Also depends how DuPont's around, you know? Yeah. You want to be targeting him. And actually, maybe being more direct in the way Pollard demands you are, where with Leboc you can try and be direct, but there's still going to be a bit of wiggle around. Yes, absolutely. Um, naturally, because it's just... You know, He's more of a kind of baller type 10, Yeah, but you've got to play a little bit to the 10's game plan, no matter what your approach is. Yes. You know, no matter how you want to play, it's always going to be come through the accent of the fly half, you know, and whatever you're saying. Pollard is like the epitome of this Springbok team yeah. as a back, you know? Yeah. And again, he was unbelievable in all three knockout games yeah. last time around. Yeah. That carries more weight we have than having no a good evidence game. to say that he wouldn't be yeah. again. But that carries more weight to me than being good against Scotland in a yeah. poor yeah. game. And or, being like a sensational at club level as exactly. well. Like yeah. Playing play well in the rugby yeah. championship and stuff. For me, I would put Paula straight back in the table. 100%. Now that I've seen it, like yeah. beforehand, yeah. They, they got the apprehension, but now it's like, oh no, but it's, it's so tempting, you know. Yeah. It's like, you know, once once you've had one sweet, you want to put your hand back in the bag, you know. Um, the Can You Am is the more difficult one, but yeah. I would trust whatever decision they go with based on how fit he is and how he looks in training. Yeah. But he's coming in at a really difficult time. He hasn't got time to build himself back Imagine if fitness. they start him. That would be seen. But yeah, starting him probably feels like too big an ask, but him coming off the bench could be a statement. And then maybe starting him in the semis if they win. Like, yeah. Oh, it's interesting. Two names I want to quickly talk about as well in mm. the Springbok pack. Um, Ox and Chain, yes. outstanding scrum absolutely. time. The absolutely ripped up, really, really put his hand up. And Dion Free, who of course bagged. Yeah. Um, got to try... Uh, in the second half, I think, um, but was fantastic. Played both flanker and hooker in the same game, um, and all of the concerns about can he scrummage, can he throw into lineouts, and so on. He seems pretty keen to answer those critics. Absolutely, yeah. Um, should we move on? Yeah, sure. Yeah, just trying to whiz through these as quickly as possible. Definitely. I feel like we're doing quite a good job of going deep without talking for too long. This is yes, good. This is good. Yes. Let's try we could have eulogised about to... Dion Free for like five minutes there. Yeah. And we don't need to hear it. You don't need to hear it. You don't need to hear it. So, Japan against Samoa. Yes. Uh, Fun game. Good game. Felt very throwaway and lightweight. Uh, Yes, yes. I watched the first half of this in the rugby club just Mm. after getting hurt. Well, so I flew home from Lyon. I went to training and then I went home. Uh, So I had my uh, my, full suitcase and everything at training with me. Uh, And I watched the first half of that in the rugby club and the second half at home. So this is one of the games where I was a little bit... Um, removed yeah. from it because there was a lot of people saying like I thought you were in fucking France yeah. <laughs> here you are um, so yes I'm going to ask you to lead on this one well yeah so I watched it in the corner of a hotel um, and it was I thought a perfectly entertaining game it felt more like an autumn international or a kind of throwaway fun it felt like a summer tour game we are like oh that was a really fun entertaining game as a build up to you know seeing Ireland against the Springboks or something sure. after that afternoon um, rather than the big occasion on its own that evening I thought as a game it was slightly throwaway uh, weird atmosphere I think around Japan in particular where I have no idea how good they are yeah. and I think we'll know this weekend when they play Argentina but um, entertaining enough game solid enough game Samoa are exactly kind of the not what I I don't know. I kind of had two feelings about Samoa, that they'd either be one way or the other, and they've landed somewhere exactly in the middle, right? And you can tell this is the best Samoan team since that 2011 side sure. that beat Australia and almost beat Wales and South Africa to get out of the group. Um, however, they also still have the spirit of the last two Samoa teams in them from previous yeah. World Cups, where they are really indisciplined. 
They give away penalties at the worst moments and in the worst positions, which is the thing that costs them more than the actual count. I don't know what the penalty yep. count was, but the positions and the times in which Smoke gave away the penalties is a really costly thing. Mate, Jonathan Tomatoni's yellow card. Oh, God. Which, right. Um, I've cringed a lot of how that guy's played this World Cup. Firstly, um, when he tried to throw that pass out the back to Ben Lamb, I think it was, coming mm. round on the blind side yeah, of that ben scrum. Lamb. Uh, and it went horribly. Ben Lamb, who, of course, also got sent off. Um and yeah like Jonathan Tamatani can will do like one thing exceptionally well and then back it up with two mistakes and I it's really frustrating tweeted that Jonathan Tamatani is what would happen if you tried to teach a normal man in the street or you if you took a normal man in the street and you hypnotised him and told him he was Antoine Dupont yeah like he is convinced he's the best player in the world right he is in fact a 6 out of 10 scrum off yeah right? he's not bad no and if you if he played like a 6 out of 10 scrum off to his limitations and understood who he was he would be a 7 or potentially even an 8 on yeah. a good day scrum off but instead he ends up being so much lower because he's convinced he's one in a million Yeah, and his like being sure he's more talented than he is and I don't that, that sounds horrible you know but sometimes you've got to recognise what your skill set is it's a really important part of being a halfback in particular it's recognising where your limits are what your skill set yeah. is and playing to your skill set he plays the skill set of a completely different player like yeah. not just one better than himself but like he thinks he's much bigger than he is he thinks he's much quicker than he is he's constantly trying to take on players in a way that is never going to work for him you said... and it's really frustrating to watch because he's a very good player who's yeah. just being like just hamstringing himself with poor decision making every single time he gets the ball you texted me saying if Jonathan Tamatani knew he was a 6 out of 10 player he'd be an 8 out of 10 player yeah. which is absolutely bang on like um, that is completely my assessment of him and I just um, think he is holding the, there's him and their discipline you know so most penalty count was 12 in the end which is only 2 more than Japan but like sure. the moments which you're giving them out is so costly and there's just like there's a few things holding this team back from really clicking and I yeah. think in the next few years Mapasu I assume is going to stay on because this is very much his dream job to be coach of the Samoa side I think we can see them build from here. Yeah. And if they can find a couple of players in key positions, such as Scrum Off, and like I enjoy watching Tal- um, uh, Tamatelli, but like he's incredibly frustrating when you're yeah. wanting the team to be good. Definitely. He's a fun player to watch as a neutral. Oh, if mate, I was pick Samoa, him in the barbells. Losing my mind. I'd have yeah. him in the barbells oh, any day. Brilliant. Of the week. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if I was a Samoa fan, but I'd be losing my mind. Of him. Does he win test matches? Exactly. You know, I'm not sure. Samoa haven't. Um, what I will add on Samoa. Um, it's great that highlight reel Theo McFarland came out to play. <laughs> yes. Um, setting up, I think it was Pilot Hours try mm. uh, in the corner where he made the break and then went in at scrum half and gave the kind of like semi-dive pass. I love seeing that guy play, uh, carrying the ball in one hand, really opening up. I think he was brilliant, especially yeah. in that first half. Um, and I, I guess on the flip side of that, we're continually seeing... Michael Leach is just still that good, isn't he? Michael it's Leach not is just the ret- his return to form. He's still that good. He's got four more years in him. Yeah. He does not look like a man who's about to retire at the end of his road. He still looks quick. He's like 34, yeah. 35 maybe. Like, I know that try was disallowed that uh, he set up mm. for Matsushima. But like he looked quick there yeah. and looked agile and just... He knows how to attack. Like He was playing as an edge forward a lot of the time mm. in that game and didn't look like any slouch, which we thought he might yeah. have become. But no, he's just a big game player and obviously scored that try himself. Like Just outstanding. I think the interesting thing about Japan, I sort of mentioned it um, previously, but is that their style of play has become outdated in trends in the game. Yeah. And no one is running massive long passages anymore. And as such, they also do this thing where they love to just chip away and build a scoreboard slowly. Yeah. And there's a few times in this game where they start to do that. And Matsuda was taking shots at goal. And, you know, he missed one in this game. His first miss of the tournament. Yeah. He was on 100% up until then. He's still, like, the third most accurate kick in the tournament after, you know, Ben Healy, the aforementioned. Um, 
that is sort of working for them. But I also think there's a level of ambition that we've seen come in in the last few years. You know, the ex Chiefs approach that they yeah. popularised it. And then Ireland took it really quickly and really took it to an extreme in going for the corner constantly, just keeping... Being extremely close and direct. Yeah, yeah. Constantly, constantly being in the 22. And eventually the opposition will just fold. Yeah. You know, something will happen, something will change. And Japan instead are in the mode of four years ago where the approach is you take every shot or point you have yeah. rather than looking to apply pressure in the hope that eventually, a, a, you know, one of these straws you keep adding from Campbell's back will cause and things to snap. Here's the thing. That will come back into fashion, what Japan yeah. are doing. Yeah. But at the moment, I think you're right, that you do want to go for the corner yeah. and wear the opposition down so they give away twice as many penalties yeah. 20 minutes later. You know? So Japan are the team that's second most likely to kick on any given possession after Wales in okay. this tournament. Um, who they've Wales kicked are. really well. In they've this kicked well, and you can see that coming in, right? But that's been Jonathan Joseph's kind of Jonathan Joseph. Yes, uh, that's been the thing he's been enjoying watching. Uh, Jamie Joseph, <laughs> on the other hand, uh, it's been his kind of middle ground. Is that they kick very regularly, yeah, um, but they still play fundamentally with the same kind of style and approach. And so, what they want to do when they look good is they keep the ball in hand for long periods, yeah, and they just keep hold of it and they keep working and working and working. And it's, you know, a stat I mentioned, I think, on yesterday is that 63, 64% of tries in this tournament so far have come off first or second phase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, so you become less likely to score the lot more passages you have, yeah. which is the opposite of how it was last time. The more passages you went through, the more likely you were to and break a defence down. Japan are extremely creative with the way they kick as well. Yeah. You know, that they do go for a lot of shorter range kicks, probably knowing that Matsuda isn't Andre Pollard, yeah. you know, doesn't have that size of a boot on him, and knowing that they can manipulate defences more. The thing is, there's a lot of potential to way that, the way that they play that. Mm. Uh, it's not quite come to life so far, but it's looking very good. Yeah, 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 it's looking really sound. Also, um, quickly before we move on, I just want to say, nothing says you dominate a game like all three of your back row have scored. <laughs> yes, yeah. How great is that for Japan? Yeah, no, that's fantastic. Kameno. God, I love him. Unbelievable. He is maybe my favourite player to watch. Just yeah. like as a from a neutral point of view, he's maybe my favourite player. I just love him so much. Labrush Skagnade, fantastic as well. Like, yeah. I'm so glad to see him back. Um but I think this Japan team probably should Japan probably should have won by more. I think they're in control of the game enough. And yet they let Samoa come back into it to the point did, where when they get a bonus scores point, at the did end. They? No. So they turned down the chance to go for the bonus point at the end and they kicked a goal. Yes. And then shortly after Lele Fano scores, puts them back within seven. And there's a chance for Japan to pull away with that game and they didn't take it. I just think there's a... The problem isn't that they aren't ruthless, it's that they're not attempting to get in positions where they can use that roof. Yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, whoever Ruth is and pick yeah. Ruth. But I get it because ultimately a bonus point doesn't matter if you win enough games, you yeah, know? exactly. The, the, prioritising four points is more and important than... Because they've got to just beat Argentina they, now and they've put it in their own hands. They also had the safety net that Argentina didn't get a bonus point against Samoa, so they yeah. didn't have to. Yeah, you know, they knew what they had to do, and all that was was come through this game with four points, so that they can be in a position where if they beat Argentina, they're through and they'll play likely Wales in the quarterfinals. Yeah, and that is a game they'll go into knowing they can win. Yeah, they know they can put up a serious challenge there. Definitely. So it's a really, really interesting one. Japan still not quite sure how good they are. I think their best game was still that first sixty minutes against England. I think they were good enough to have beaten most teams, but England are just so stubborn, and the way they play is so frustrating for a team that plays like Japan do. Yeah, um, I think there's a lot of big nations that would have fallen over against that. Um, I worry that their path is coming up against the teams that, whilst Argentina, Wales, and England, likely Wales aren't perhaps the strongest tier one nations they're the teams that are the most frustrating for a team that plays like japan definitely and i worry that you know if they played scotland i think there's a chance they could have beaten them again 
who are a better team than those, but just playing a more open style and are more willing to kind of give themselves over to the way Japan play. Sure. So it's kind of frustrating, but I'd love to see Japan really put it on against Argentina, um, which would be great. It'd just it's be hard to, to quantify just how good they are at the moment. Yeah. Uh, Japan and it'd be great but, for them to back up what is in 2019 yeah the exactly in exactly. the same way Argentina themselves so you, you can't help but cheer for them yeah. you know? and like hats off to Samoa because I think they were really really but good in this, this game but... the vibe I get off this Japan right is it's very similar to Argentina themselves in 2011 right where well, they'd had the big World Cup the year before in 2007 yeah and they'd come through they'd done incredibly well they'd they have to back up now yeah and it all came down. They did well enough. They had a frustrating game against England that all fell apart. And they should have won. They could have won, but they didn't. Instead, yeah. things went against them. And they just gave up and it all fell apart. Yep. And then Seems it familiar. all came down to the final game, which was against the team who they were pretty evenly matched with in you know, Scotland in, for Argentina in 2011. Yeah. Argentina themselves here in 2023. Um, and it all came down to that one game. And I think there's a chance we see an Amorosino moment. I was going to say, and it's going to be Contepomi fl- flying offside, you know. Yeah. Um, to win the game I know obviously the Ireland-Scotland game is the big one this weekend Argentina-Japan is the one I'm most excited about there's two big ones for me that is is the game I'm most excited about this weekend I think we're in for an absolute cracker it's a bonus quarterfinal we get the the round of 16 16 game we get the bonus knockout and I'm so excited for that because it's a straight shootout and both teams know that that it's knockout rugby has come a week early and I love that yeah I'm really really excited about that Ooh, so we're churning through these. Let's do Argentina Chile. Speaking I was going to suggest that one. Yeah, you were at the game. I, of course, was not. Mate, um, I again. This was the other game that I kind of. I was watching it, but a little bit less so because I was also watching the Wales women's game on at the same time. Yeah. So, yeah. No, absolutely great fun. Uh, great occasion. Right down to Nico Sanchez winning hundred cap. Obviously, at the start. Yes. Um, hell of a servant he's been. Him doing the little. Um, you know, look up to the star for his sister, which is incredibly moving. Yeah. He obviously passed away right before that game against New Zealand where he was absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. And he plays his best, I think, when he's emotional. Mm. And you saw him. Yeah. He was really good in this like, game. This was a match that, on paper, should have just been a routine win for Argentina, right? And Chile were obviously going to be dead up for it at all times, but Sanchez was just a cut above. He was at his yeah. absolute best. And again, should why Argentina need a bloody fly half? Yeah. Here's the thing. I obviously was cheering for Chile in this mm. game. I obviously wanted Chile to win because I love the underdog and I love Chile generally. Yeah. But uh, I could definitely excuse Nico Sanchez, age 51, uh, running in a try, which was like Rodrigo Fernandez-esque with the dummy and yes. everything, um, which was brilliant. It was a great way to open the try scoring. And not only that, but also Augustin Creevy getting a, a try, yes. you know, where he drove over. That was fantastic. Uh, Creevy also, I just think, generally played really well in this yeah. game in a way that I didn't realise he could anymore. Against, you know, like he first played Chile in 2005. That's mad. You know, like, it's been that long. He's gone so long that he's won 100 caps and come round to see them qualify for a World Cup. Yeah. It's been mad. Though I thought Argentina were a lot of fun. Um, they overcame some of the periods where they were really frustrated well, and they look solid. Um, if they pick Sanchez, I would fancy them to beat Japan. If they don't, I think it's a real opening for Japan. I think... I don't know if Michael Checker... No, okay, no. I think Michael Checker does know what he wants from this team, and I don't know if that's what's best for this team. Sure, And I don't know if some of the players are starting to question whether Michael Checker is a bit stubborn in the same way Australia's players did in 2019. Yeah, which it's an inevitability with all Michael Checker teams that that happens, you know, that there's only so many bullets he can fire. And you do start to wonder if that 
has started to become the case. Yeah. Um, but they pulled through this. They were exceptional. Um, they were a lot of fun in the process. Um, luckily, people will know by the time this comes out whether Sanchez is starting in yes. that game. Um, Rodriguez Igoro, very good yes. on the wing as well. He's a lot Love of fun, fun, isn't he? He's again like they've been producing the likes of you know Delgi recently and Mateo Carreras and so on, who are really really fun wingers. And uh, each grow similarly came through a sevens background, similarly to Delgi, um, and has just lit it up. I just think he's been really, really good. Um, he's got great feet, can really finish, runs great support lines. I've got a lot of time for his grow. Yeah. And squeezed into this squad after playing for Argentina 15, where he scored a try against Chile for Argentina 15, their second 15, earlier this year. Squeezed through playing really well into there, into the squad, and really has taken his chance, I think. Was really, really good here. Um, and... Yeah, was fantastic. And I hope we see more of him in a full-on Puma shirt because I enjoyed watching him a lot. And I hope we get to see him, you know, play potentially top 14 premiership rugby How much say he is? He's 24. 24. 24. Oh, yeah, he's, he's been, got time. Yeah, floating around in the kind of Argentina system for a while. Uh, he came through the under-20s in 2019 okay. and has been kind of floating around somewhere. He's still playing, like, local rugby in Argentina. Um, so hopefully he picks up a contract somewhere because he's been him. very good. Yeah, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. He'll go down a storm in the top 14. Absolutely. Like Stad Francais will be all over him. Um, so I think we should move on to the, the, the really important guys. Yeah? Chile. Chile. So this was their last game, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Them done. Yeah, which is a done. shame. And look, I'm sure we'll cover them in more depth in another episode of this or some kind mm. of content around them because there's a lot to be said about them absolutely um i will miss them yep but uh in terms of the moments that went well for them um i don't know like i'm, I'm a big fan of inakia yatsa at yep. fullback i think he's chaotic I, so um he had a really difficult first half yeah because and you probably couldn't pick this up on tv the sun was Straight in his eyes. No, uh, that, so that was glaring on t- TV, yeah. where he was having to like shield yeah. his eyes with when catching high balls and stuff. So we were sat like with our backs to that, so we were looking directly into it. Mm. And the stadium is really cool. You know, obviously we'll be there tomorrow for Where's Georgia, but uh, really cool, really interesting little stadium. Um, but like has quite a thin kind of ridge around it, so the sun gets in really easily and covers half the pitch like completely. Um, and yet, like, you couldn't see, you couldn't see anything when you turned and looked that way, even from outside the stadium. So him looking up and having that big, you know, open roof was, yeah, uh, really difficult for him. I you think know it's bad when that does come through on telly, yeah. you know. Um, I want to quick, so when we do the uh, retrospective podcast, we have a dick of the day segment. Mm. However, I would like to re- flip reverse that and give out a hero of the day. Please. To... Referee Paul Williams, who really wanted Chile to score a try, and just constantly, every time Joy Neville... Was it Joy Neville? No, Ben Whitehouse. Ben Whitehouse, Ben, ben Shitehouse, was in his ear going, oh, no, it's actually not a try. And he's like, yeah, but are you sure about that, Ben? Remember what we were talking about earlier? And then Ben Whitehouse would go, no, I don't remember what we were talking about earlier. It's not a try. He clearly knocks it on. And then he would go, no, 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 no. But... The Bowmay try being disallowed was the biggest load of bullshit in the world. I don't give a shit if it's the correct decision. Yeah. It's morally wrong. It's morally <laughs> it's wrong. It's morally wrong. It's, it just opposes good vibes. Yeah. 
It I was think. the biggest anti-rugby decision anyone's made. The crowd all lost their shit. Yeah. It was the biggest cheer I think I've had in any How game. Dare you take that away from so them. far? Was you know Chile getting a try against a tier one team for the first time since 1950s? That's like, mental, enormous, and they to deserved see them do it that. as well. Yeah. Like they had, every, they didn't have that many opportunities in the opposition 22, but every time they did, they did something creative with yeah. it. Um, and they clearly had the ambition to go for those, and it was great. And I'm so glad that they eventually did score. Yeah, uh, through Thomas Dusilant, um, who I've just pronounced in a French accent. Yeah, for some reason, but it was just incredible scenes when they were like you're not going to disallow it this time are you and then Paul Williams was like no I don't have a TMO having like cut the the th- his earpiece open oh I mean no you were terrified he was going to do it again especially yeah. after you know it happened with them against England happened with Namibia against France the amount of tier 2 tries have just been chalked off by bullshit TMOs when they won't step in for the other tries being similarly forward passes Really, really annoying. Really, really frustrating and ruins games as spectacles. Just utter, utter bullshit. Um, and Ben Whitehouse, dick of the day. Yeah. Easy, easy dick Coward. of the day. Coward. Um, but, I mean, look, uh, we don't want to talk about refereeing no. and we will not talk about refereeing, except in this case, because it's funny when the score's 59-8 um, uh, for that be, to be the one time that you talk about it because Chile was robbed. Yep. Um, I think we saw a lot of that Chile team running quite low on the ground they put a lot into opening against Japan and they were phenomenal yeah. they put an awful lot into the game against Samoa and they ran out of steam by half time I think yeah. and then against England likewise for 20 odd minutes they were brilliant and they were on it and this game was a bit more even and they kept the score a bit lower um, you were hoping they kept about 40 because that would have been a real achievement yeah. if they keep below 40 the things like Argentina but, had periods of 5 or 10 minutes they'd have spells where they just got like 3 tries on the bounce yeah. was the thing and they'd then start to pull away um, but there were large parts of that game where Chile made a great account for themselves yeah well you had the 64 to 68 scored a couple of tries and then again in the last three minutes they scored quite yeah. you know a bunch of tries together and if they could have just held out a couple of times Chile did have for the first time though the end of the first half is the only time in this World Cup they've gone to half time without conceding a try they've gone to half about every other half for them in this World Cup has ended by conceding a try that's pretty outstanding just yeah. in the red period yeah. of the clock that conceded so they, they held it out once out well of done, eight. Lads. Well done, lads. You've got to start but, somewhere. Look, you saw them running slightly low on energy, but I thought they were still a lot of fun. The In the next World Cup, they're going to do work it twice. They did was huge, and I'm just really excited where the team can go and build. And like, I got pulled aside to do. A, they're doing a documentary on the Chile team, and they pulled me aside to like ask a few questions about oh, it. As someone was like championing them a bit, which is lovely. And I, they asked if I got a message for the team, and the thing I just said was like. This is just the start. Yeah. Like, you're going to look back on this in a few decades' time and go, wow, like, that first World Cup we played in, we were nowhere and, like, we just gave it our best lash and look where we were, right? The phenomenal thing about Chile in this World Cup, right? So they lost 71-0 to England and they lost 59-5 to Argentina, yeah. right? You go back... Not 59-8, I don't know why I said that. You I go back four that. years to 2019, Right. They lost, I think it was 58-5 against, so a very similar scoreline against Canada. Yeah, who were and, shit and yeah, were shit. They lost 71, no, 73-0 against the USA. Really similar scorelines to their games against Argentina and England. Look at the calibre they're stepping up they to. They weren't a rugby country no. at that point. Yeah, as you say, in four years, they, were, they might have that scoreline come against them, against the All Blacks. Yeah. Or against South Africa. But, and that's fine. Or this, you know, a peak France were, team. They were going from losing by these margins to 
the bottom ranked teams in the World Cup, right? To now against the middle ranked teams in the World Cup. Yeah. To like the worst Upper tier middle, one. Yeah. Say. Like quarterfinalists. quarterfinalists. We're looking level. at two quarterfinalists. Yeah. Um, two of the top eight, right? Teams are now losing by their scorelines too. In four years' time, where can they be? Yeah. You know, if they can get to a point where, like, they went from losing by 70 and 50 points, the USA and Canada, to beating both of them inside three years. Mate, Chile have completed a Rugby World Cup. Yeah. How mad is that as a sentence? But, like, if they can improve that much in three years, how far can they go? Right. And, like, yeah, they went from losing by 70 to beating the USA in three years. That's probably a step too far to see them beating Argentina and England in three years. But if they can get to a point where they're denying oh, bonus points, or they're you know. competing, in the way we've seen Uruguay doing in this World Cup, right? Where, like, yeah. yes, they fell apart against the All Blacks, but they really competed with Italy and France for full games, and managed to deny France a bonus point. Like, they can be at that level, potentially, in four years, in the yeah. way of taking Uruguay eight. Yeah, and it could be the point that, you know, because Japan started to pull away in the around 60th minute of that yeah. game, and that could maybe be 75th. Yeah. In four years' time. Yeah. You know, they competed for 20 minutes against England. That could be 40 in four years' time. They've never played at this level. No. You know, they've now played two and games against one nations in 70 years. Yeah. Like, and they came in consecutive weeks. And they got better between those two games. Like, they were much better in this game than they were against England. And they were brilliant for 20 minutes against England and fell apart completely. But, I don't know, just their ceiling is so high. They're such a promising team. They're so young. And Pablo Lemoyne's sticking around? Pablo Lemoyne said after this game, and this is the biggest news to come out this from a Shirley point of view, he's sticking around for another four years. Yeah. He, apparently the contract is decided and it's to be kind of signed and finalised in the coming days after the World Cup. But he's said that publicly. He's said he publicly. he's comfortable in that information. Yeah. And that is great news. That's, he's the best man for the job. He's doing a brilliant job. The other interesting thing, though, uh, is his assistant coach, um, whose name I have forgotten, Gotten, but have written down somewhere okay. to find it. Um, who has been his right hand man with Uruguay, with Germany, and now with Chile is leaving, likely after this World Cup, to go to Brazil to be their head coach. Yes, with the intention being, he is Lemoyne Light. He is the second best at this job. He knows this second best of Lemoyne himself. He's obviously staying with Chile to try and do the same thing with Brazil. And now they've got a 2014 World Cup, likely looking like it's being expanded to have four more teams for the following World Cup. We're suddenly in a situation where they're targeting that. They're Bring going on Brazil. Being, yeah, like the fourth South American team at this World Cup. The thing is, you occasionally see clips that go viral of like the Brazilian porno scrum, mm. which was incredible, where they were just pulverizing everybody in the South American Championship at scrum time. And you see clips of the Brazilian Sevens team going viral. Uh, and like they have lightning fast wingers and footballers who converted and so on. And look, I'm not going to say I know too much about the current Brazilian team. But they've beaten the USA in past. Mm. They've beaten Chile in past. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, they have potential to be the next team that can make that step up. It's happened with Uruguay. It's happened with Chile. And I also can't remember the name of this fella who's um, Lemoyne's right-hand man. But it's about time he had that solo career because he's been in successful environments. And he knows how to take somebody from being a middling rugby nation to somebody who can genuinely compete on the world stage. And that is super, super exciting. Bring on Brazil. Um, And also, like, with Uruguay, the interesting point you make is they were... Rugby was, what, the seventh or eighth biggest sport in Uruguay? And it's now second. Yeah, it's gone from, I think, yeah, eighth to second in ten years. Because they've been so realistic about the competition with other sports, especially football being massive in Uruguay. When you think of Brazil and you think of sports, the first thing you think of is football. Football is, like, everything over there, as far as I'm aware. Like, they, they absolutely love their football. They're never going to compete with that. 
No. But they could go for a similar story to Uruguay. Exactly. That's the target, is they can build there. Um, the sports market's massive over there. Yeah, exactly. And so much of it has just been eaten by football, right? Yeah. And that means other sports are struggling for scraps. With Uruguay, we've seen it explode and just they now hold the majority in that. To the point that the Minister of Sports, like increasing the funding to rugby, because that is now the second most popular sport in the country. Yeah. Right? It's captured the hearts, man. Yeah. And I mean, Portugal as well, we're seeing happen. Yeah. You know? It's grown enormously in Chile. It's jumped from like 18th most popular sport to being in the top 10 now in terms of people watching. We don't know the viewing figures for Chile in this World Cup, but I'd be fascinated to see them. Likewise, with yeah. Portugal. It's just exploding. It's exploding. It's such an area for growth. We've talked about this on all the podcasts in South American teams, but we need to be investing heavily in them. Currently, World Rugby's, their funding towards Tier 2 nations, 50% of it's going to Pacific Islands, right? We need to be putting a huge, huge amount into South America because we have potential for not just free teams who can compete with them. You'll make that money back. Yeah. You know? Exactly. We're looking in a decade of potentially having like six or seven South American teams who can qualify for a World Cup. Yeah. You know, you're looking having it similar to Europe, where you've got a massive hotbed of of teams who can qualify. Where you know you've got what is it nine European teams in this tournament? Um, there's a world in which we're looking at seven or eight South American nations can make it. If you include the whole Americas, you could potentially fill a current World Cup with European and American teams. Yeah, um, it's the only area that I'm looking at in men's rugby, and I feel positive about. Yeah. like this is where. The growth of the game is. This is genuinely... Yeah. This could they be, need to be this could take over. over. Yeah. So, I think on that note, I think we'll leave it here for now. Okay. Um, and we can pick up a couple of the other games afterwards. Um, we, is it... Yeah, so we'll come back to New Zealand, Italy, Fiji, Georgia. I think a game's where there's a lot to talk about. I think sure. we'll do that on a shorter one okay. afterwards. We'll cover them. We've whizzed through a bunch of the games just there i hope you enjoyed that i hope you had a lovely time um and there's plenty more rugby to come we're just trying to keep catching up on all of these games yeah and covering them all um so if you have had a nice time then please continue having a nice time and otherwise we will see you soon for is it rugby we're talking about i think it's rugby i think it's rugby uh rugby rugby 